Craft Beer Radio, Great American Beer Fest 2015 Recap Show. Yay! Hey, everybody! <laughs> I thought didn't, it was going to come into yeah, the guitars didn't, a little bit really faster. Didn't really get into the, to the music part, but oh well. You get the idea. You get the idea, yeah. There's a lot of walking going on this year at the Great American Beer Fest. Oh, that's why you picked it. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was... Um, so we just got back from the Great American Beer Fest, and and to earn our press credentials, we're going to do a recap show here. <laughs> I got some audio footage that we're going to put out as well, but not, it was... Didn't get a ton of it, so we're just going to... We, we kind of... Uh, it was more of a fact-finding mission for us. It's fact-finding, networking. Talk, I talked with a ton of people. Yeah. It's just trying to get... I've learned over the years that, you know, there's certain environments where it's easy to get interviews and yeah. behind the tables at GABF's not one of the best no, places. I, but it is a great place to get an idea of what's... Of, of the general conversations that are going on in the beer community. Uh, and so... It, it it's kind of a mecca of of all the beer stuff happening at one place at one time. In fact, that was kind of my overall interpretation of it this year was that it was so huge. Oh, it was. So we didn't go last year. Yeah, two years ago was the last time we went. The uh, GABF this year, just to give you an idea, it had. Oh darn! I thought I had the stats page up. Where'd it go? If I remember, I was like 730 breweries, 3,300 beers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the, the hall was expanded from, from last time we were there. And it was just ginormous. It was an, an amazing amount of space. Impossible to really navigate in any in any way that made sense for <laughs> you're there for you, three days, you don't have you, time well, to adapt you, yourself. Even, to even it. if you were going for like a session, yeah, and you tried to meticulously make a plan, sticking to that plan for more than thirty minutes, you're a better man than yeah. most, um, better person than most. Because I mean, you just can get waylaid so easily. There's things you weren't expecting to see. Um, breweries you wanted to check out maybe the lines are too long things like that um but yeah the festival was great um one thing that i found i seem to recollect or i seem to it seems to me that there were more brewers behind tables this year than in many of the sessions mm-hmm. in the previous, in previous years. years yeah it was easier for me to find the people i wanted to talk to there was somebody from the brewery when i wanted to talk to people from the brewery and at more sessions where it was more select in uh, previous years. So that was a really nice thing. I think that uh, some aspect of that is that it was so big and a lot of these people are trying to make a name for themselves. And so they want to show off their beer themselves. They're no longer giving it just to volunteers to pour. Right? They're no longer, okay, we'll send you two kegs. They really yeah. do want to man their station and get the word out because yeah, I mean it might be that it might be that the the drinkers are more discerning and and there's actually they're actually worth talking to where in the past maybe not so much I, I hate to hate to cast no that. I I think there's absolutely I mean I notice way more people analyzing their beers than mm-hmm. I'd ever noticed before uh, way more people talking to the brewers or the people behind the table about the beer than ever before. Uh, it, it was 
it was very telling uh, that the industry is now so huge. A, a lot of things that are happening in the industry make even more sense than I thought they did. Okay. Um, the idea that big breweries are going to be acquiring some of these places. Well, yeah, this is big business now. This is not uh, just an excuse to get drunk anymore. Um, I said 3,300 beers. It was actually 3,800 beers. Wow. 750 breweries. Um, 60,000 attendees over the, all those sessions. <laughs> there were a lot of people. A lot of people. Uh, the best thing about having a media badge is being able to get into uh, an easy bathroom. I don't know if that's the best thing. <laughs> well, okay, so it's not the... It, it is the best... No, it's not the it's best. One it's one of the best a, things. It's a nice perk. It's a very it's nice not, perk. The, the best thing is using your tag to walk behind the tables <laughs> to talk to brewers. That's Which I didn't do very much of. Okay. Um I occasionally, you know, got in on the side on something and was able to just talk to a brewer uh, and, and cut in line. And people didn't seem to mind because I had the media badge on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't do I, – I, I waited in line. Actually, I mostly sort of visited smaller places that didn't have big lines. And I was trying things. Like, uh, I tried the best cream ale I ever had at Great American Beer Fest. Which one was that? Um, I wrote it down. <laughs> you sent me a text. I sent you a text. I just thought you had it in front of mind. No, I was going to no. let you uh, uh, give them props. But uh, it was... Because normally cream ales, you have them, and they taste corny DMS, you get a creamed corn taste. This was tasted more like grits. You got a sort of immediate sort of gritty taste from the corn, and then the corn flavor died out. So there was no DMS. It was clean and crisp, and it was beautiful. It was like... Oh, this is what a cream ale is supposed to be. This is excellent. And so I looked for other cream ales, and some were good and some weren't. Okay. Uh, I went through a, a stage at the end of uh, the first session. Dale Brothers. Dale Brothers. Uh, I went through uh, a stage at the, at the end of the first session where I was, I spent about uh, 45 minutes going around getting different pepper beers and trying them out. Don't do this. Uh, I don't know where I expected the capsaicin to go, uh-huh. but I found out the next day where it goes. Oh, that's a lot of pepper beer then. Yeah. And uh, some of it was like ghost pepper. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, man. and it was all concentrated at like one area and it really did not sit well with that part of my digestive system. <laughs> uh, so yeah, don't go on a pepper beer tear is, is one of the lessons I learned. Another lesson you learned is uh, Galaxy Hops. Galaxy Hops. Uh, f- trying to remember where... I, I I remember a couple other things from the fest. In particular, me uh, hitting myself after talking to a brewer. I forget who it was. I'm sorry. I didn't want to keep track because I was just having a lot of off-the-record conversations with people. And I was happy with that. Because mm-hmm. I just wanted to get an idea of what was going on. But um, it did make me kind of forget who the individual people I was talking to were, but I remember mentioning to somebody, oh, this beer is pretty good, but I would have hopped it this way. And then, like, walk away saying, you idiot. You're telling a brewer how to hop their beer? <laughs> What's wrong with you? 
So I was kind of like, you know, you get drunk at these fests, so that kind of thing will slip out. Yeah, the um, I'm trying to think, there's probably nothing I regret from the festival. I've done it in the past. There's been things I've regretted, but nothing this time. So I'm, I was a good boy all week. Um, so let's see. Some notable things for me is uh, everyone's making pretty good sour beers. Yeah. Um, had some good fruit beers. Uh, and then uh, I'm trying to think. I, probably, I had some good hoppy stuff, but nothing that really uh, is, is clear in memory as, as some of the sours and whatnot that I had. No um, new hop things were jumping out of me. Yeah, lot, lots of um, tro- tropical still rules the yeah. roost. Tropical hops are still pretty much what everyone's using to do things with. Um, so there was 750 breweries there. And so they did actually improve something. Did you notice that all the breweries that tended to have lines if they didn't buy an end cap or ne- at the end of the row. Uh, Everyone I can think of except for the last Abbey was at the at an end yeah. of the row. So it kind of gives them more room for their lines to not crowd people out. Um, so that was a nice design thing. I liked the, the beer gig thing, which apparently they started doing uh, last year, which is to, at the end of every, how many tables were there? There were like 16 tables in the main hall okay, or something like that right. and at the end of every table there were two it was one beer geek at the end of every table and he would be there to tell people sort of give them instructions if they didn't mm-hmm. know what did, they were did doing. you talk to any beer geeks i did i talked to uh you know when i was waiting in line for something uh russian river or something okay uh i talked to some of them we just had a you know conversation you know how'd you get started in this what do you do and basically yeah, it was it was to guide certain guide people who were mm-hmm. new to this right uh, into what to discover and what to try and where to go. Right. Uh, a really great idea. Yeah, no, it's definitely a good idea. I think those that's definitely a thing for the more novice sorts. You know, it, they're not meant for you or I to get into a, a mm-hmm. pissing match with or a trivia contest with, I'm sure. Uh, so, you know, there was a lot no, of... No, if anything, a conversation yeah. with, where we were, it was yeah. mutual but respect. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, oh, you're a beer geek, are you? You don't want to go in adversary with that, right? <laughs> right. You know? Uh, is what I was trying to say. Um, a lot of lonely tables. There's yeah. so many breweries. Small that... breweries, right. Like, I wonder... So, you want to be inclusive. You know, these people want to come. I wonder... I would love to, like, pick some of the lonely tables' brains, whether they thought it was actually worth coming or not. Almost like, what if you reduce the number of breweries, but give the more popular ones more frontage? You know, give them a double table or something like that, right? Where so you can still have sixty thousand attendees, uh-huh. and you can have eight lines for Russian River or something like that, you know. But then I guess the beer because you only have to bring so much beer, yeah, they're, and they're, Russian River is not going to want to bring eight times the beer. Exactly. So I guess that doesn't really work yeah. out. But I was thinking, you know, like the popular breweries can get a wider frontage, and then there's still the same number of places to get beer, so you can still have the attendees up, but I guess it doesn't work for the, the actual supply side of it. So Yeah, I, I just think that the, the hugeness of it means things are inevitably going to get lost. Yeah. Uh, so they did have a section this year, which was cool, which was the meet the brewer section. Yeah. So there was this whole siding of, of the hall, which is kind of where they expanded into, uh, had a mixture of breweries and 
I don't know what the rules were per se, but there was always brewery representatives there. They weren't manned by volunteers. I don't think there was any volunteers in that section mm. of the fest. And um, so, you know, it was more savor-like, right? You knew you'd find someone yeah. to talk to. Um, the only thing that was a little frustrating was you weren't sure if you were looking for a brewery, whether they're going to be in that hall or in the main hall. Yeah, and, and the app was confusing. Uh, when I was trying to find you at one point, because I, I didn't realize that it had expanded mm-hmm. in this area, and I was trying to find you, and I was on the complete opposite side oh, okay. of, of the hall. Mm-hmm. And I finally found you, and I was like, oh, my God, there's, there's more? <laughs> and there's a lot more. Yeah, uh, I think there was like, there's four. There was like eighty some breweries yeah, over there. Yeah, eighty or ninety some breweries over there. Four big long tables. And each each table has two sides. Each table has like twenty, twenty rows. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I mean, the number was just overwhelming, a completely overwhelming experience, and I was kind I, of blindsided by that because it, I had been able to comprehend it before. Right, I've been able to fit it all and in. It, it, you just couldn't keep the whole field in your, like, yeah. couldn't keep the whole game in your mind. Right. Yeah, I mean, we were three sessions, and I still feel like I wasn't able to do everything I wanted to do. Like, not just drink all the stuff I wanted to drink, but just do everything I wanted to do. You know, if you were going just to one session, I mean, just just make the best of it. But you're not going to have a you're not going to be able to stick to any kind of plan. No, just. And in in a way, and, and that's kind of sad because it it leads to impaired judgment. It leads to you running to taste to to jump and and so you you ultimately are going to forget your night because you're going to have so many beers. You're you're going to you're going to down them so quick. Uh, and no, if the, if you're if you're just trying to like the, taste the one everything, ounce, the one ounce sample size they do at the GBF. I mean, that's a very good governing. Yeah. Uh, mechanism you know you don't see very many i didn't i don't remember seeing anyone that was flat out sloppy uh i never got to the point where i would consider myself drunk from any of the sessions i stopped myself uh during at least two of the sessions uh and like went down to the media room and just drank some water i was probably talking too much because i never really took a time out Mm -hmm. from drinking i was drinking the entire time but i think my time between sips was longer because okay. I was chatting with so many people. Yeah. A, a lot of great people that we met. Um, a lot of good insight into people's ideas of what's happening uh, in the industry. A, a lot of talk. I mean, the, the big, the, the huge overtone is acquisitions. It was clearly a, a really big sort of, it was a presence that was felt, if not much talked about. One of the things I was doing also was uh, the people that have been sending us samples. I wanted to go make sure, yeah. put a face to a name. So I, I ran into a couple of the people that actually were involved with that and whatnot. So uh, I spent a lot of time networking, and I hope to really recoup that in uh, guest-hosted shows over the next year. I want to get some more of those. I think we need to really work on refining the remote guest host mm-hmm. and make that a good show. and Because um, we could certainly get some good, interesting guests on the show that way. Um, Unless you guys start buying a lot of Amazon stuff, and then we can fly them all into Pittsburgh for a show, <laughs> or we'll fly to them, one or the other. Craftyready.com slash Amazon. <laughs> He's always uh, directed. So yeah, I mean the GABF was was awesome. I mean if you've never gone, I think, and you're a beer aficionado, beer geek, 
I think you need to schedule a trip. Sometime. Yeah, it, it's 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 a what, what is the pilgrimage in in Islam called uh, the the Hajj? Oh, I don't know what it's called. I, I think it's called the Hajj or, or, or something uh, similar. Uh, <laughs> You're really going to equate this to a religious thing? Uh, I I think that the the enormity of the event. Uh, in on some level, it, it feels like that kind of experience. Uh, if you're not a particularly religious person, let's say, um, it's that kind of center of of the world of beer, right there. Everything is there. The entire the entire community of beer is there in that one town for that you know for that period of that, that right. week roughly right um so yeah it, it's this it's this amazing confluence of of everybody yeah i mean so your trip i think is not just the festival itself but it's the the greater denver area right uh, for that week and i got a kind of an outline here some of the other things we did so when we got into town we went up to fort collins we met up with gary super listener gary which people have heard us talk our about our benefactor before. benefactor we met him at funkworks and the beers at funkworks were Pretty bonkers. I think uh, I, I I loved every single one of them except for one. What the triple I was like, eh. mm-hmm. uh, but uh, everything else was like. Phew. And I like <laughs> so the good. triple, but yeah. like their flagship saison was like amazing. It's so delicate and did such yeah. a nice job of presenting so many things. And then like yeah, so I don't have the, anything else really clear recollection. It was just good beer after good beer. And then uh, I went to New Belgium, Greg. Uh, Took a little break then. I had a few beers in New Belgium. New Belgium wasn't really pouring anything uh, super beer geeky, but I mean, it's good solid beers on. I had some beers I've never had for the first time, and I uh, had some good conversation with uh, the bartender there. And with the Marivold Town, which yeah. was this bar with it was in Fort Collins, taps. 100 Colorado taps. Greg had go to. Uh, I think it was a Craft Beer Radio tweet. He has a panorama of all the tap handles. I think I, I also tweeted it on, on my account too, but um, okay. on CBR Greg too, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> panorama where we caught somebody in the middle, but they're mostly cut off by mm-hmm. it. So. Right, right. Uh, Thursday, we <clears throat> got into Denver. We had lunch at Fresh Craft, which is um, down on Blake Street, but where you would go right, you know, go um, west to go to Falling Rock. You go east a couple blocks. And um, that's a really nice craft beer bar. Good, good yeah. food. I had a, a pesto mac and cheese that was pretty good. Um, what did I have? I forget. It was good. It was, it was good. One thing we were invited to, which was pretty cool, was uh, the employee-owned breweries had a little, yeah. little um, happy hour. So it was Harpoon, Left Hand, Oscar Blues, Deschutes. I think that was it, right? Oh, New, New Belgium. Belgium. New Belgium. Yeah. Right. And it was kind of like a, a, a mini saver. Kind and, of, yeah. yeah. I mean, really good small bites. And uh, brewers are, you know, it was, it was funny because um, I was at the harpoon table and I thought it was Dan Carey, the owner. Mm-hmm. But I, I've never met him, right? But I wasn't sure. So I asked him who, asked him who he was and, and he's like, you know, he's like, I work at Harpoon Brewing. I'm like, oh, low-level job, right? <laughs> Bottle washer, something like that. You know, I had a great talk with him, um, you know, and uh, talked with Gary Fish of Deschutes. I'm trying to think. Uh, those are the only owners I talked to, but mm-hmm. I talked to, you know, other people. It was a really cool event. Um, 
Again, more networking. Then we did the long shot competition. We're going to do. I'm going to put out a separate show with uh, some clips from the. Instead of playing the whole thing flat, Greg, I think we're going to. We'll put it out next week. Uh, we'll kind of narrate take, it. We'll narrate it. We'll okay. take some of what Jim was saying, and I got interviews with each of the winners as well. So I think that's what we'll do instead of just playing the whole thing straight through. Cool. Because the sound was. I couldn't get really close, and the sound's yeah. not great. So I was, tried. I got a picture of you in the scrum with Jim, and it was hard to. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we did Pints for Prostates, which was a heck of an event. Uh, if you're in Denver Friday afternoon before the the evening session, look for the Denver Rear Beer Tasting put on by Pints for Prostates at, at Nichols Hall. Uh, it was two, fl- I don't, so we were there two years ago. It was only on one floor. This year it was on two floors, so twice the size as it was uh, two years ago. Um, great breweries, rare beers. Um, and a lot of the – it's like Saver again, right? All the brewery reps are there. Lots of people to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know, Tommy Arthur, Sam Calagione. Uh, Russian River wasn't there this year. But, you know, um, Adam Avery was there. I talked to Adam Avery for a bit about Raja, you know. Okay. And, um, yeah, so a really good event. You should definitely, you know, check that one out as well. And we got to thank Gary for picking up our tickets to that one. Absolutely. Um, anything else I want to say about Pints? Oh, I got to talk about uh, – so I did have the worst beer that I've had in like years. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned this. Years. I didn't have this. Worst beer I've had in <clears throat> years. Uh, I'm not, I, I'm, so I'm not selling this story to Bash anyone in particular. I just think it's an interesting story. And uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> Most of the beers that we have, particularly the, the specialty beers we have from this brewery, are fantastic. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. So Dogfish Head had Festina Lenta. Not, not for Festina Pesh. But Festina Lenta, which is a beer that they don't make very often. I don't even think it's a formula. I think it's just kind of a label that they put on their wild stuff. I had it like probably like seven or eight years ago. And it was this awesome wild beer. Like one of the first times that Dogfish ever did a wild beer. So they had it again. And I was talking. I was there. Jimmy Barlow was there too. And um, I was hanging out with him at the moment. I'm like, long line for Dogfish. I'm like, oh, this is worth getting in line for. So we got in line. They pour it, and it smelled like fishing, like fish slime, worms, maybe some oysters. Like a tackle box. It smelled like a tackle box. <laughs> it smelled awful. It didn't taste much better. It tasted really briny. It was not good. Um, so, actually, I had it again on Friday night when I was at Falling Rock. They were pouring it. That cake wasn't as gross. Huh. If you... I knew what to look for, and I could find those flavors in that keg, but it wasn't nearly as gross as it was at, at the Rare Beer. It's an agricultural product. Yeah. You never know what you're going to get, so, um, particularly with those wild ones. Yeah, so if I've seen a Lenta, um, if you're looking for an interesting experience, go for it. <laughs> uh, we went to... Oh, we met up with a couple of beer podcasters. We met up with the beerists um, in Craft Beer Anonymous. And um, we saw the guys from the former podcast, Big Foamy Head. Mm-hmm. Ran into them outside of uh, the Rare Beer Tasting. Um, so, podcasters unite. I don't want to go through this whole list. I'm just trying to pick and choose now. <laughs> it, 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 it's such about... an overwhelming event. It's hard to talk about all the yeah. stuff that we was We didn't there. talk about the awards at all. We should mention some awards oh, okay. real quickly. So, um, you have a list. You have a list I, I do have the <clears throat> list up. So, the um, very small brewing company of the year was a brewery called Rip Current Brewery. 
they don't really say how many medals they won, but the 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 brewery that won the most wet medals, there might have been one that won four. There was a couple that were tied for three. You could only enter five beers. Hmm. Okay, so each brewery could only enter five beers. Yeah, well, um, I, I can understand okay. if you have Fatheads won five medals, but it's it's you can enter five beers per brewing license, but they're not added together, right? So yeah. Fatheads Portland won two, Fatheads Ohio won. Or the production brewery in Ohio won two, and the brew pub won one, or something like that. You know, so they won a lot of medals, but they didn't count in the scoring for brewery of the year or anything like that. Or not all, not combined. Um, mid-sized brewery was Firestone Walker, who won for Pivo again for uh, Czech Pills, I believe, because Russian River actually run won for German Pills. Yeah, and that beer was awesome. It was. That was a fantastic Pilsner. Actually, we uh, so I didn't. Actually, no, I did have one. I No, I had plenty of the Younger and STS, which was their pills. I didn't have Beatification or... Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any of their sour ones. The line was just too long at Russian River, and I didn't feel like using the press pass to cut in line for a brewery like Russian River. Yeah, I get... I had... Uh, was plenty, I thought it was plenty of the Elder. I think it was Elder. Um, oh, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I It was Elder Pouring. Uh, I, I misspoke. I was thinking of the one that yeah. was more common, and yeah, I said it wrong. <laughs> and it was like Elder... It, and. It was good, but it, it's it's been eclipsed. I think. I think so. Yeah, I think it, some of these new IPAs. Yeah. Um, Wicked Weed won silver for American IPA, and they were pouring their IPA there. The gold medal winner wasn't exhibiting the mm-hmm. IPA, but um, that beer was really good. And the Brew Kettle, which is just over in Ohio near Cleveland, won the bronze for awesome. White Raja. Uh, so let's see. Large brewing company year was Pabst. Small brew pub was Melvin Brewing in Jackson, Wyoming. Mid-size was Taps Fish Firehouse in Corona, California. And large brew pub was Tidal Town in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I totally get Pabst. Uh, did, um, um, Bell- you know, they, they put up Ballantine, uh, right? That's them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that won the awards, but it's. Uh, I, I definitely recommend people try it. So most medals won were three. Firestone Walker, Sun King, and Port City. And Left Hand all won three medals out of five. That's pretty good. Yes. So that's the game now, right? You you can only enter five beers. You have to figure out which styles and which beers. Because, you know... Everyone's going to enter an IPA, right? So, Well, that's right. So Fire, like Firestone Walker has a good IPA, mm-hmm. but... You know, are they going to waste that slot yeah. and entering double barrel ale or whatever their IPA is? We don't get Firestone Walker here, so forgive me, I forget exactly what their IPA is. Uh, you know, when they could enter, you know, one of the categories they did win in, which they won. It doesn't say. They got two gold and a bronze, but it doesn't say which ones. Uh, some of the new categories this year. Chili Pepper Beer was its own category. Session India Pale Ale and Mixed Culture Beer were new categories. I feel for the people who had to judge the pepper beer. <laughs> and there was no gold medal awarded in one category this year. And the category is, drumroll, pumpkin beer. <laughs> did you see my tweet about that? I think, I, yes, I did. The tweet was like, you know, so I, I, for, I, I commented on a tweet where it was like, the only... Word and my my comment was exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the judges agree with me. Yeah. Pumpkin beers can be good, but they're never great. At least, <clears throat> at least not in recent memory. Yeah, I think that's enough for the GABF wrap up. Uh, 
Anything else you want to add in? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Like I said, this is uh, we're trying to give you an idea of, of what it was like. Uh, we're not. Um, it, it, we didn't try to do a whole bunch of interviews, like we said this time, because we felt like it was more important to get a handle on. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna that, stitch a yeah. couple interviews yeah. to the end of this. show. Okay. So after we get off the air, you'll be listening. Right as soon as we finish here, you'll be listening to probably about two interviews that, I'll, that I think I'm gonna throw in here. Works for me. Uh, I think that's about it. If you have any questions, uh, send them in to us. We, we can answer them. Maybe we can do like a, a wrap-up wrap-up or something. Um, yeah. yeah. Sounds good. You can hit us up beer at craftbeerradio.com on Twitter at craftbeerradio. And uh, we'll play you out with a couple interviews that I recorded. Here right. they come. I'm here with Charlie Butner from Fairwoods Brewing Company. They're out of Lorton, Virginia. And... Uh, they won a gold medal for Cezanne here at the Great American Beer Fest. Seemed like a good brewery to talk to because you're a relatively new brewery. You said you were just opened in March, right? Correct, correct. We opened in March, and um, our distribution reaches the majority of northern Virginia and uh, Washington, D.C. as well. Are you a uh, production brewery, brew pub? What's Produ- your format? Production brewery, 30-barrel brew house. We're brewing on a 30-barrel uh, craftwork, three-vessel craftwork system. Um, 90s, 60s, and and 130-barrel fermenter for some specialty stuff, but uh, largely production. We go into canning at the end of the year. Okay. That was my next question was what packaging formats did you have? So right now it's just keg sixels mostly, I guess? Yep, yep, just keg sixels and a little bit of uh, cask ale. So what what is your portfolio like? What's your flagship? What are you known for? Well, our, our most common beers right now, you know, the ones that we run... I, I would say as flagships are our uh, Keyside Kolsch, our Howling Gale IPA, our Sessions in the Abyss I, uh, Session IPA, and then our uh, Sirens Lure. We, uh, since we've only been open since March, we're, we're also focusing on a seasonal lager. We've done um, uh, Pilsner's, Maybach, Oktoberfest, and things like that. Uh, we did enter our Hell's Navigator, which is our Maybach. We entered that in the competition, but we are not pouring that here today because it's out of season. So. Right. I, I'm not familiar with where Lorton is. Can you describe to me where in Virginia? Yeah, yeah we're, um, we're about 12 miles south of D.C., just outside the city. So um, we ho- we're right on uh, the main artery that goes in and out of D.C., or up and down the East Coast, I should say. We're right off of uh, Interstate 95, um, and we're right uh, just south of what's referred to as the Mixing Bowl, and that's where the beltway that goes around Washington, D.C., hits uh, it's Interstate 95 on the south side there. Um, yeah, so Lorton is uh, it's, uh, primarily a residential area. There is, some, uh, there is some industrial area. I think a lot of people are familiar with the prison that used to be there. Um, but, uh, you know, for, for the most part, we have a, a very large uh, residential community behind our brewery that really supports us as being their, their, their local brewery, their watering hole. Awesome. Where's the name come from? Uh, fair winds and following seas. Um, my business partner's retired Coast Guard, and quite honestly, getting into the game, it was it, it, you know, or, or starting this business up. I really, I didn't really care about names and colors and things. I just wanted to make good beer, and he's got more shares than I do, so I let him go ahead with the uh, with the names and everything. But um, we were originally a top sale brewing company, and uh, full sale uh, out in I guess that's Oregon didn't really uh vibe with that so 
Yeah, it sounds a little close. I think Fairwinds is, is a better name. Sure, sure. Fairwinds and following Z's, that's, uh, that's kind of the, the narrative over at our place. But, um, yeah, you know, we just trying to rock what we're doing and, and, and own what we're doing. And we put a little hoppy spin on everything. And the Siren's Lore has a tiny dry hop on there of uh, Citra and uh, German Blanc as well. So trying to do things traditionally, but with a little bit of our spin on it. Yeah, I'm drinking the Siren's Lore right now. And a lot of esters from the yeast. Yeah. A lot of yeast character on this. Yeah. And, uh, if you didn't say it, I, I wouldn't have noticed the citric dry hop. But yeah, there's a little untraditional type hopping thing, but it's, sure. it's pretty minor. Sure. And uh, yeah, it's a really good season. Congratulations on that. I appreciate it. Thanks for talking to us. Sure thing. Thank you. Cheers. I'm here with Jeff Griffith of Fate Brewing Company. And Fate is out of Boulder, Colorado. And how long has Fate been making beer? Um, well, Fate, we've been around about two and a half years. February will be our three-year anniversary. Um, yeah, we're, we're having a good time, and uh, things are going well. And, and um, what's your role at the company, and what's your background? Uh, I am head brewer. Um, I've been a professional brewer for um, about 12 years now. Uh, I was at Golden City Brewery. It was my first uh, brewing job before I came uh, with Mike Lewinsky, the owner, uh, in uh, took over as his brewer at Fate. And um, what are some of what's your like uh, biggest brands of beer that you sell? Well, my, my kind of my joke is all we do is uh, make IPA. So I mean, everyone that's all I do is make IPA. But um, our Kolsch is a big uh, big beer for us. Um, we have a lot of specialty beers that are you know popular coffee IPAs. Um, pale ale. Um, we just try to make all kinds of different beers. It seems like you do a fair amount of barrel aging. I remember one of the beers, one of the first beers I had from you was at Saver. It was a tequila barrel. Um, Goza. Goza, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, we're, we're trying to get that going again. We used to have all our barrels in our brew house. We had to get those barrels out because we we bought it. We increased our production capacity by 85% with, ferment, with fermenters. So we're waiting to get more space so we can get the barrels going again. But, yeah, we, we like to throw stuff in the barrel and, and see what comes out. So you guys won the bronze medal for the uh, Pro-Am. Uh, yeah. So tell me a little bit about that process, right? Um, you know, the, the, the home brewer participant won a local competition, I presume. And right. Yeah, it was a uh, – the Boulder Homebrew Club has a, a competition every year. It's in March. Uh, they open it up, maybe three, four of uh, local Boulder brewers will go down there and get to taste all the um, first place beers. They kind of pick which one they want to work with. Okay. And so, yeah, he, he won the gold medal at that competition, and I, I selected his beer, and we brewed it, and uh, it came out really well. And that was like a, a Citra Heavy IPA? Citra it? IPA. It was all Citra, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Uh, how much of that beer was made? I mean, have you been serving it at the pub or anything like that? Yeah, we did a 10-barrel batch of it, and uh, it's actually, I, was, I wasn't I was able to uh, save some kegs for GABF week. It sold so fast. It just, uh, it, it kicked like two weeks ago. Uh, it's one of the fastest moving beers we've ever done. Uh, 20 kegs in about four weeks, you know, especially when you have 30 taps. That's a lot of beer that's uh, turning when you're selling that much beer. Do you think uh, you'll rebrew that beer? I think I'm going to have to. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it's a good beer. I just hope uh, 
I hope my citrus supply can uh, handle it. Oh, you're right, guys, you got all the contracts. and That's one of those uh, boutique kind of hops that are really precious, and if you get some, you're lucky, and if you don't have them, you ain't gonna get them usually, but. All right. Um, what's, what's the next big thing for Faith? Um, our next big thing is we are taking over the Avery, the old Avery brew house, okay. and we're gonna start doing more of our production out of there. We'll keep the brew pub, uh, and we're going to use the Avery location for more of our uh, IPAs, more of our American-style beers, and we'll keep the three-barrel brew house, or be the, the three-vessel brew house, uh, for more of our German or decoction beers that we do, Ger uh, Belgian and German styles. I haven't been to Avery since for a long time. I'm sure they expanded since then. But are you taking over all that space in the old warehouse? Yes. Or? Yeah, okay. they, they, they moved out. They have a new location now. And we are going into their old spot. So um, they basically they left us their brew house and their candy line, and that's about it. So we're gonna have to like re redo the whole thing. That, that was probably nice and convenient for them, right? It's like find someone who's willing to use all that capital-intensive equipment in place. I mean, right. It's probably good for everyone, right? It, it's because great for us, yeah. Because I mean, all we gotta do is like get some get some tanks in there and. Uh, Hopefully to start going. I don't. I don't know if it's going to be that easy, but uh, right. it seems like it could be. All right. All right. Very cool. I'm getting a blinky battery light, so I need to get a new battery. All right, Jeff. So thanks so much, Jeff. You bet.